0: Welcome to episode six of the Fretzelmania podcast, reviewing and rebooking the best and worst in pro wrestling. I am your host, Mister Fretz. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the legendary JF. You can find this podcast F R E T Z L E Mania on Stitcher, on Google Play on Apple Podcasts and here on anchor.fm. You can find me blogging on rantwithant.com. Be the Brand. Uh, I apologize for a bit of a delay in in my upload schedule. Uh, last week here in here in Southern Ontario, we had a, a bit of a polar vortex that caused, you know, roads and businesses to be closed. Um my my work my, my my store that I work at uh, we stayed open um, I happen to live uh, three doors down from my work so I got a lot of extra hours um, I love I love my job I really do and I appreciated all the ex- extra money but all I-, I was there all of last week and I couldn't upload and talk to you to you guys here so, being three doors down from my job, I guess you could say it's my kryptonite. Yeah! What I am talking about today is a new segment I like to call Low-Key Favorites. Now, no, I'm not talking about Low-Key, a.k.a. senchi, a.k.a. Caval. Hey, Caval, that means flute, doesn't it? Yeah, look it up, that means flute. What's with that wetsuit? You're going swimming? If you know what that's from, you're, a, you're either a hardcore wrestling fan or you're Mance chapel from the Gift of Podcast looking at the early incarnations of NXT. Uh, shout out to Gift of Podcast. Shout out to everyone in the Rant with Ant family, Rant with Ant, Kings of the Rings, Smash This Podcast, Fourth Wall Wrestlecast, uh, I'm Not Your Mama's Soap Opera, and and many more be the brand um and and also i'm sorry uh mance you're a trooper for looking at these these early nxt incarnations before it became the great brand that it is today so low-key favorites i apologize for the plethora of rabbit trails i'm going to go on here uh i'm easily distracted that's just how i am let's just call this guilty pleasures um wrestlers at some point in my life who who were favorites of mine for particular reasons or for for no reason because i gravitated towards them and today i'm talking about sid aka you know psycho sid sid vicious lord humongous however you knew this man uh, sid was he was one of my first favorite pro wrestlers um Although I started casually watching around 94, of course, Sid wasn't there at this point, but I used to... Um, my father and I, on on weekends, we would go to our, our family business. Um, we, My dad and my uncle my grandpa used to uh, run a butcher shop. Um, my grandpa passed away in 1993, and the business was passed on to my uncle because he lived at the farm where, where the butcher shop was. So dad and I... We would go down, you know, we'd we'd feed the pigs, we'd do some light chores, we would, I you don't know, maybe bag some jerky or do some deliveries. Just it it was a light day at at Fret's Butchers. So we'd come back about lunchtime and we would pop on WWF Superstars because we only had like two or three channels. You know, we'd, we'd get we'd get the hockey game and we'd get Simpsons. Uh frankly, that's all at the time, that's what all, all we needed um Sid was a man I was introduced to before I started watching regularly um, I met my friend uh Stuart in 1995stu if you hear this which I doubt you're going to big shout out to you buddy I hope you and your mom are doing well um Stuart he kind of helped get me into wrestling uh, of course I would start I would I was always playing like the wrestling games on Sega at at my house and not knowing who half these people were except for Hogan, Warrior, Savage, Jake, the snake, Andre, the giant. Thanks to my, my older relatives, uh, my, my cousins and whatnot. Stuart had super WrestleMania for the super Nintendo. Now I was a Sega kid. I, I didn't have a super Nintendo until, (laughs) until I was an adult actually. Um, Sid was in that WrestleMania game along with Legion of Doom, Natural Disasters, uh, Undertaker, Jake the Snake, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and that kind of introduced me a little bit into wrestling. And Stu, he used to live a few doors down from a home hardware, a local hardware store, where not only could you buy essentials for your plumbing and heating in your house and paint, you could rent movies. Home Hardware had a very good selection of 1980s classic movies, 1980s crap movies, uh, animated Disney movies, wrestling tapes, and even pornos. There's a hardware joke in there somewhere, but it's not going to hold up. Um, So, one of the first wrestling tapes I rented was Royal Rumble 1992. Of course, that's the infamous one where the title is vacated and held up, and the winner of the Royal Rumble actually wins the title itself. We all know that was won by the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Woo! <coughs> Excuse me. You know, with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment of my life. And of course, you know, mean who? We, mean Gene Oakland, who we just lost. Rest in peace, Gino. Uh. Cut that cigarette out. Uh, Just so many infamous moments here. Um, Sid was in this match. And I previously also watched the pay-per-view feed. Because my neighbor, who is also a wrestling fan back home. He had a satellite dish and he taped. Excuse me. He taped um, Rumble 92 and loaned it to me. And I noticed the difference between the live feed and the Coliseum video feed, namely where Sid eliminates Hogan. He got a mega pop for eliminating Hogan. I think at this point in time, people were getting kind of tired of the red and yellow shtick. It wouldn't be another four years until Hogan, you know, turned wrestling on onto its head with the NWO. So Sid gets a mega pop. But in the Coliseum home video version, the crowd's kind of muted. You hear some booze and apparently there was some commentary edited in with Gorilla Monsoon admonishing uh, Sid. And, And previously to that, Sid came into the WWF in, you know, summer of 1991 as a special guest referee in, you know, SummerSlam 91. It's like a match made in hell before the match made in heaven with, you know, the, It had the wedding of Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man Randy Savage. Rest in peace, both of you. Um, And then the match made in hell, which was Hogan and Warrior against Sergeant Slaughter, General Adnan, and Colonel Mustafa, a.k.a. the Iron Sheik. Sheik baby. Uh, Sid was the referee and had a bit of a face run after this. And unfortunately, before an alleged appearance at the 1991 Royal Rumble. I mean, 1991 survivor series, I'm sorry, where I think he was going to be in a match with Roberts or like uh, a survivor series match with, um, the Legion with Legion of doom or something. I think that's why the, uh, one of the, one of the shows on that was a six was a six man tag. um, Anyways, I just I just wonder what could have been here um, if if he had like if he even had like a, a bigger run as a face because after the ninety two Royal Rumble he becomes becomes a heel. You know, Jack Tunney has a press conference later on who announces, you know, who would who would face Ric Flair for the title at WrestleMania eight, and even. You know, Sid stands up thinking, yeah, I'm the second last man in the Rumble. Says Hogan. Hogan. Now, that was allegedly, originally the main event of WrestleMania 8 And house shows with this match weren't doing so well. So, they switched it over to Macho Man. Or maybe they switched it to, to something else. Because Hogan was going to be off filming movies. Wh- who knows? Um... Then there was a hilarious moment later on here where Sid appeared on the Barbershop with Brutus, the effing barber beefcake shout out to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson, who just did a Sid episode on the podcast. And it was one of my favorites, right? Cause Sid, I'll tell, I'll go on later here. Sid, Sid was became, became a favorite of mine. Uh, you know, Sid hires Harvey, his real-life friend Harvey Wilpman, to be his manager. And then he goes on this killer streak where he would injure his, his defeated opponents with several power bombs. Or putting them on a stretcher and just careening them down the thing. Just being an absolute killer. And this is about where Gorilla Monsoon coined the term Psycho Sid. You know, Bobby Heenan's like, you know, don't let him, don't let him hear you call that, uh, you know, uh, it was just so cool. Uh, of course he goes away after this to, to WCW for a little bit. Uh, fun fact, he was involved in the infamous, ta- uh, not Taskmaster, Shockmaster segment, you know, of course with Fred Ottman, AKA Typhoon and Tugboat. Hmm. <laughs> through the wall with that glittering stormtrooper helmet it pops off botchamania classic like it's probably why botchamania exists matthew my god man i tip my hat off to you um yeah so after that he comes back in 1995 now this is where i started casually watching it with Stuart. uh he was in the million dollar corporation he goes away he gets hurt And in 96, July 96, he makes a comeback. And this is when I'm watching Monday Night Raw regularly. You know, if I'm not able to stay up past 9 o'clock, I tape it and watch it the next day. Or I put it on replay. And anyone who's listening to this in southern Ontario or Canada, if you remember the channel The New VR... Aka C- CKVR, which was at one point an affiliate with CBC. Big shout out to you because this is what this is what channel it used to be on before it went over to TSN and eventually Sportsnet. Right. So whenever the new VR had it on, right before Duckman, anyone remembers that show? Like that? Like, yeah. Uh, Sid was back by July ninety six in the six man tag against Camp Cornette. Replacing the Ultimate Warrior because he he quit he went home. Uh, who knows why the I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but Warrior was apparently tough to deal with. At this point, he wasn't very well liked. Um, I'm I'm not going to go any further on this because you know Warrior he he had some some controversy he had some issues, but rest in peace, anyways, man. Um, and then by SummerSlam, he was mega over. Huge baby face. He wrestles and defeats the British Bulldog at SummerSlam 1996. And then he's on his way to, uh, to main event status. He gets, he gets rocket strapped here. And around this point in time, I, my family got a cat. Uh, a black cat. And I had the pleasure of naming him. And I named him Sid. Sid wore black trunks. My cat was black. I get. I was twelve. Shut up. <laughs> um. We had that cat for for many years. He was a. I think he was. He was my favorite. My favorite cat. I mean, my favorite pet was my dog Fred. And those two, Sid and Fred, just they got along. There were two peas in the pod. Uh. They, they both lived a long time and you know, it, it was it was fun. I tried to make him do the the fist bump, you know we 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 and you know, said fist bumps the crowd, but that would always result in me getting a scratch. I was not a smart child. So wherever series ninety six was a bit of a turning point, not only for uh Sid. But for maybe the WWF, the wrestling business in general, uh, the New York crowd here at MSG was a little smarky, I thought, and this was one of the earliest, maybe other than King of the Ring 1995 that took place in Philly, ECW. This was the smarkiest crowd I've i this earliest smarky crowd I've heard. They were. Shawn Michaels out of the building. They were rooting for Sid. Even when Sid was abusing uh, the elderly Jose Lothario. Shawn Michaels' manager at the time. Uh, Of course, you know, Jose jumps on the apron to admonish Sid. Because Sid has like a video camera in his hand. And what does Sid do? Just wallops the old guy with it. And I'm not going to lie. I marked out because I did not like Shawn Michaels at this point. I didn't know the uh the inner workings of the business until uh like way later like more like, like 2002 when I joined uh, wrestlinggameszone.com uh, discussion forums which are <laughs> if you remember those that was like early cyber cyberbullying bully, cyber I wasn't really targeted but it's worse than the it's about as bad as a comment section on YouTube. Um, if if anyone was ever on WGZ.com forums, let me know. It was a wasn't a bad time. So Sid, you know, he power bombs Shawn Michaels, wins the title, gets an incredible ovation. and this is just to put to put the storyline for Shawn Michaels to win the title back. From Sid in his hometown of San Antonio, Texas, at the Royal Rumble '97, which he does. A video camera in that match also gets involved, but Sid gets a little bit of karma back, and Shawn Michaels hits him with it, wins the title. And of course, a month later, uh, Shawn Michaels, quote, loses his smile. Oh, <coughs> shit. Um, the final four, which was, you know, Bret Hart, Vader, Stone Cold and The Undertaker, who are the final four in the Royal Rumble, have a four corners match. Bret Hart wins. The next night on Raw, Sid wins the title back, and that was a catalyst for um, for Bret Hart's heel turn. You know, Vince gets in the ring like, "No, oh, I can understand, Bret. Uh, you must be frustrated." You know, Stone Cold gets involved like, "Frustrated? Ain't the GD word for it. This is bullshit." Goes on a tirade, and he goes on his anti-american thing and this is an unpopular Canadian opinion but I hated Brett Hart when he did this when he went on the anti-american tirade the TV was booing Brett so I guess I have to right um you know Sid drops the title to to take her at mania he goes away and I, I'm I, I was devastated when he went away when he when he got injured I was ugh because this through this run of winning the title of being, you know, Psycho Sid, this big, imposing lumber, this big imposing crazy guy, I gravitated towards him because, you know, I also liked Undertaker because he was big. I liked Vader because he was big, but Sid, and just because of the pops he was getting, I guess, you know, I, I was a young wrestling fan, and I'm like, I'm right into this, you know. I liked Bret Hart right up until he he healed up. I mean, healed out. And yeah, this, I had to find an, at this point in time, I had to find a new favorite wrestler. And that man would become Stone Cold Steve Austin eventually. You know, Sid goes away for a while. He has like a a back injury or something, lower lumbar. Um, Me having scoliosis and having a a surgically fused spine, I I can relate to that. Uh, My lower back hurts pretty much all the time. So yeah, you got you gotta step away and take care of that. You know, Sid comes back in June. I'm pumped because it's like here's the Undertaker in the ring talking, blah, blah, blah. Something, something. This is when we were starting to get hints of Kane. And all of a sudden you hear the wee, wee, wee. Hello, what's this? Sid comes back, challenges Taker for a rematch. I'm down. Okay, here we go. Loses in five minutes. Shit. Okay, what's next? Oh, Sid's targeting uh, Intercontinental Champion Owen Hart. I'm down for that. You know, he beats Owen in a non-title match. Um, Sid, along with the Legion of Doom, wrestle the Hart Foundation of Owen, Davey, and the Anvil in a six-man tag at King of the Ring. Uh, Owen Hart pinned Sid because Sid was prepping. I think he was prepping Bulldog for the power bomb, but. No, up comes Owen from the top rope with a sunset flip over Sid, who's bent over ready to powerbomb, and a pin in, a, in an impressive spot. That is just that's classic Owen, just being the absolute best. I still think to this to this day, he is the best heart to lace up a pair of boots. Uh, and then later on, this just actually up here in Ontario, Canada, I'm not not far from where I actually live, a couple hours. Uh, Sid, Doug Furness, and Philip LaFon, and Flash Funk were involved in a really nasty car wreck. You know, Sid was, you know, jerking around with the sunroof in the car, loses control, tumbles and tumbles. Uh, you know, Sid's, he, he's dinged up, Flash Funk's dinged up, Furness and LaFon get the worst of it one of them had like a broken shoulder or something and i don't think any of them were really the same after that you know flash funk b he could still fly in the ring sid it wasn't until later and he had another horrible accident which i'm going to get into Ugh. that that changed him but yeah he was pretty much toast after this he he was supposed to be part of the 10 men tag at Canadian Stampede. He came out on Raw. Uh the five the five, you know, American hero wrestlers come out on Raw. Sid was one of them. He was, you know, supposed to face, allegedly supposed to face Vader at SummerSlam 97, which at that point in time I would have taken that. That would have been all right. But unfortunately, you know, health reasons and just maybe overall frustration. Uh Sid's fired. He's let go. He's gone. And I, as I said before, I had to find a new favorite wrestler and Steve Austin and Mick Foley. Uh, they stepped up to the plate and they be- and they became my tops for a while. Now Sid disappeared. He didn't disappear from wrestling at all. He went to ECW for a little bit. That was a, that was a shocker. Uh, he, he went in and he feuded with the W boys and, Skull von Crush, who of course became a Big Veto, you know, just incredible. Kronos needs more Kronos, Osw, and then and then he comes to WCW in um, Great American Bash, nineteen ninety nine. I remember this because I was either watching a recap of it, I was watching a Nitro, um, when I was in in the hospital uh, recovering from my spinal fusion surgery, uh I'm flipping through the channels in my in my in my room, and I come across you know the Nitro replay on Wednesday afternoons on TSN. We did that. that's what they used to do, and I see Sid come back joining Macho Man Randy Savage's Team Madness stable, and he took the nickname of the Millennium Man. Okay, is that a is that a stab at Y2J? I don't know. So he he joined Macho Man, and Macho Man won. The WCW title, I believe it was at Bash at the Beach with Sid against, I think it was like Nash and Sting or something in a tag match. The WCW title was on the line in a tag team match. Okay. So after this, uh, Sid started having, he had a, what was probably one of my favorite gimmicks from him. Matt was having that quote unquote undefeated streak, much like Goldberg, but he would fudge the numbers. Like Goldberg's was like a hundred. He'd already lost his one match at this point. Uh, and that was like 170 odd matches before Goldberg actually lost. And Sid between June and. Uh, December of 1999, it would be like, his thing was like 500 or he, he would, he would make an in- incredulously inaccurate numbers. It it, it was Funny, but he would also count just popping into the ring and powerbombing people as as a victory without even pinning them. Uh, in in September '99, Sid won the United States title from Chris Benoit at Fall Brawl. Uh, there's a match we're gonna see later. You know he and he finally began to feud with Goldberg. You know Goldberg, you know crushes his car and then he's like jumping on top of it and going nuts. Somewhere in here, Sid has his infamous uh, "half the brain" promo. I mean, ah, man, it's like I stumble through my words here, so I get it. I get it, Sid. Um, I I, I stumble just having a casual conversation with my coworkers. It 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 happens, and you know, Sid is infamous also for having you know the flubbing through his words and like we're alive pal and i have half the brain that you do oh i know what you're going for man but yikes so sid effectively loses his streak in an i quit match against goldberg at mayhem and i'm not talking about the terrible wcw mayhem game for 64 and playstation at this time point in time no Uh, So here we go. Into the year 2000, Sid, the Millennium Man, finally starts to contend for the WCW title as a mega over babyface. Bret Hart had to relinquish the title and retire because of his concussion after that Goldberg kick. Uh, Sid lost the title to Chris Benoit on this night at sold-out 2000. But the title was again vacated because the next night, the very next day, Sid left for the WWF, along with Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, and Dean Malenko to form the Radicals. Because I guess they were tired of whatever. So, this title loss was explained as Sid's foot being under the rope as Benoit had the crossface on, so they had to make a Controversial thing with it, you know. Sid was presented with a challenge by Commissioner Kevin Nash that if he could beat Ron and Don Harris, you know the what is it, Eight Ball and Skull from the Disciples of Apocalypse, who were also the um, the Blue Brothers, who I thought were the Berserker and the Berserker's brother when I first saw them. You know, Sid finally at this point wins the WCW title on an episode of Thunder. I mean, it was an episode of Nitro. The title was vacated, you know, because you know Sid pro- pinned the wrong Harris brother, and then again, Kevin Nash awards the title. Sid wins it back the same night. This is why WCW shit the bed. Yeah, it has more to do with the Time Warner merger, but what the hell? Um and throughout the year, you know, Sid he has a he has a run throughout the year. Uh, matches against, you know, Steiner, Hogan, Jeff Jarrett. And he didn't play a really large role in the New Blood versus the Millionaires club. He was just kept off of TV, and then he returned. You know, late in 2000 to contend against Scott Steiner. And then was um, placed in the Four Corners match at WCW Sin 2001. One of their last pay-per-views. And yeah, this match with uh, Jarrett, World Warrior Animal, and um, Steiner. Yeah, this is that match. This is that gif. This is that injury. You know, Sid steps off the top rope for a big boot, comes down and tears his leg like in a disgusting angle, breaking his tibia and his fibia, completely fracturing the leg. His in-ring career is essentially over. Um that was one of the most grotesque injuries. You know, of course, that ends up on sites like, you know, Gore Gallery and E-bombs World and whatnot during this time. And thought that was it. But Sid come back for, you know, being the commissioner of the WWA World Wrestling All-Stars. Uh, something I will not speak of because it was just incredibly awful. Listen, listen to um, the Attitude Era podcasts coverage of this it's funny Uh, he had said eventually had some more matches in various indie promotions throughout the states and in one of my favorite WWE moments in 2012 we're leading up to Raw 1000 Heath Slater is going after all the legends and he says you know I'm gonna be the ruler of the world or the master of the world and I'm like oh I know what's coming Wee, 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 wee. Sid pops out, squashes Slater. Then he comes out on the actual 1000th episode of Raw, where Lita pins Slater. Uh, ah, man. And Sid, you know, he wrestled his last match of his career in 2017 in, in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Uh, beating, defeating a guy named Paul Rosenberg. I'm just reading this off of his Wikipedia page. Um, you know, Sid. Of course, he also appeared in that infamously bad wrestling movie with David Arquette, Ready to Rumble. Uh, Sid's been in like all of the early WWF video games, like Steel Cage Challenge, Superstars Two for the Game Boy, the SNES version of Super WrestleMania, WCW Backstage Assault. Legends of Wrestling 2, Showdowns, Legends of Wrestling, WWE 2K17, 2K18, and 2K19. Now, if I have to pit my favorite Sid moment, it would have to be him defeating Shawn Michaels for the WWF title at Survivor Series 96 in front of that red hot crowd in, in New York at Madison Square Garden. Um so there you have it. There is my first low-key favorites uh podcast. I hope you enjoyed me rambling on about Sid for about half an hour. Um yeah he bought he bought a lot to the business and I hope one day we'll see him in the Hall of Fame. Um as far as I know he's in good standing with the promotion. He's not a part of that big concussion lawsuit that's been going for years and years that has a whole slew of names on it. You know, Sid's been, you know, he, of course, he was back for Raw 1000. I believe he'll be in there maybe in the next uh, five to 10 years. So thank you for listening. Uh, I'm going to be reviewing some retro pay reviews, namely uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. I'll hopefully have that uploaded on Valentine's Day on rantwithant.com. As far as the podcast goes, um, initially when I was, uh, uh, initially last week, I was starting to work on a review of NXT TakeOver Phoenix. I might still, I might still release that here in, in podcast form. So keep an eye out for that. Otherwise I'll be getting into, um, some some retro stuff or some other stuff from my previous blog on WordPress. So thank you. Oh maybe I should mention who my next low-key favorite's gonna be. Paul London. I don't know when I'm gonna release that. It'll be someday. I did I did just upload a part one of Rebooking the Invasion Storyline will be released sporadically throughout the year. Thank you for listening. And God bless.